Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. Life is full of tough decisions, and thanks to USAA Auto Insurance, picking your auto coverage isn't one of them. Make the switch to USAA Auto Insurance and find out how you could save. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Barnett, and joining me this Thursday from the Ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concer, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin. We actually got NBA news. We didn't think we would. We asked for all mailbag. Do we ever have Mm. NBA news? So last evening, we'll start with the trade news. Last evening, it was announced that Patrick Beverly is going to be headed to play for the Los Angeles Lakers and that Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be headed to the Utah Jazz. Don't forget Stanley Johnson, Chris. Don't forget Stanley Johnson. And Stanley Johnson. <laughs> so Danny Ainge liked him in the draft. Not as much <laughs> as Justice Winslow, though. So this trade goes down last night. And I thought it was fascinating to see some people pulled up like an old tweet that Patrick Beverly had put out when the schedule was announced. And it was like Lakers versus Clippers and some kind of game. And he like did the prayer hands emoji. And so people were saying like, did Patrick Beverly know? And it would stand to reason he probably did know. So just for quick explanation, once you make a trade, I think it's 90 days from that time before you can trade a player as a one-off. It's still even, I think it would go to like September 6th or something, like if they packaged guys. So they made that deal with Minnesota. August 30th was the date we talked about earlier in the week for like consolidation with multiple other pieces, yeah. Yeah, right. So then you can can trade a guy singularly, but if they're going to put his contract with, so if they put together him and Vanderbilt or him and somebody else... That can't be done for even a longer amount of time. But it stands to reason Patrick Beverly probably did know when he tweeted that, that he was going to be a Laker. Yeah, there there were rumblings about, you know, potential moves. I I think, I mean, one of the reasons why, like, I kind of plugged it into the article earlier in the week about, like, maybe a Lakers, you know, Pacers thing could integrate into Jazz and Knicks now is because with Beverly, remember, I think it was Mark Stein, maybe, forgive me if I'm wrong, he said the Jazz could be a destination for Russ, and like Beverly, Clarkson, Bogdanovich, like something like that would have made sense in that situation. But instead, we get this, you know, simple, this is an easy trade to make for both teams, isn't it? It is an easy trade. Um, They would have a better gauge on what Taylor Horton Tucker is than I would. I know Laker fans were disappointed mm-hmm. in what they got out of Horton Tucker last year. Still very young player. And so, as I've said a hundred times about a lot of guys, you know, the book's not written. We've seen a lot of guys that it just takes them a little while longer than some others. And he probably wasn't in the absolute best position for his skill set. I know that at one point when I talked to some people connected to Horton Tucker, 
he was kind of on an island in the sense of he's like the only like young guy. Like he didn't have buddies to go run around with or whatever. Like these, these guys, these are old. It's an old team with a bunch yeah. of veteran guys. And like he didn't have a bunch of friends, you know, on that team beyond the, you know, playing time and trying to fit into a system with LeBron. Like it probably was not best equipped for his development. Now he is responsible for his own lack of progression. There's no question, but I could see how that might've not been the best opportunity for Kim to grow as a player. Um, And so I don't want to, I don't want to say the book's written on him. I I don't know yet. Right. Um, I do know what Patrick Beverly is. And I do think Patrick Beverly is very valuable to winning. I do. I think he is, look, you don't have to take my word for it. Go read any of the articles that came out of Minnesota last year. Um, I talked to a lot of the Minnesota media last year because the Grizzlies played Minnesota in that playoff series, and they were effusive in their praise. They're like, you don't get it. You, you know, or not me, but people don't get it, what he brings to the table. He's texting these guys. He's sending them defensive clips. You know, when guys get down, it doesn't happen anymore. When guys have low energy, it doesn't happen anymore. Like he, he really is a culture guy. And so it is bigger than what he just brings on the court. His points per game is never going to tell the story. He's an elite level defender. He plays hard all the time, which raises the collective energy of a team. And then stuff behind the scenes in the locker room. He is like a heart and soul type guy. And I do think that that is very important for the Lakers to get. He even said when he was on ESPN, I think a month ago, I think when he was on first take. With Stephen so, A. Smith. He, yeah, he, if I he were on the Lakers. It, I'll call out the defensive assignments. I'll tell LeBron James he needs to be the low man in this rotation. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he will do that. He that's will. who he is. I thought he was valuable to the Clippers. I thought yep. he was valuable to the, you know, he wins, man. He is a winning player. Yep. And I don't think it is some kind of, coincidence that he's on these winning teams. I just don't. I think he's a winning player, and I think that those kind of guys can have a there's a limit to it, for sure, but they can have a profound impact, and sometimes their value off the court exceeds greatly their value on the court. Um, But I, I think it's a really, really good move for the Lakers. I cannot help but wonder if it was the most intentional thing ever. I'm sorry. They need him. I think it's a great move. I also think to myself, bro, if you ever wanted Russell Westbrook to really want out, <laughs> like I really think he, he hates the guy. Did you see the LeBron tweet this morning? Ridiculous. I think they're trying to bolster up Westbrook's trade value. I think that's exactly what it is. So that that LeBron tweet, uh, he responded to at Cuffs the Legend, who is a, a podcaster and a commentator of the Some Dude Show. Um, but he's also he's also been friends with LeBron for he, years. He's LeBron's friend for many many years, and he's like a, he's a good he's a good NBA Twitter follow. He's funny. Sure. Like he he says what's on his mind. He doesn't care about what people think. He tweeted out. The Westbrook disrespect and vitriol is still corny, regardless of how you feel about last season. Some people got to get a life man. And then LeBron James responded and he said, can't wait for him to go off this season with like a, a shh, hush emoji at the end of it. And Lakers fans might take that as, oh, we're keeping Ross. and Ross is going to change and play the role that Darvin Ham has outlined for him. Or LeBron might be hinting at the potential for a trade with Russ having like a Chris Paul-esque season where he's getting the ball in his hands and he's restoring his value and putting up numbers and he's going out there and he goes off. Just not for the Lakers. That's always possible too. LeBron might know what's coming. It's just odd. That summer league thing was not blown up for no reason. For anybody that was in the arena, it was friggin' weird. How do you not even just say a little hello? They like, didn't I, I, I even not, speak. Yeah. 
And Rob Polink is there. Everybody's there. And everybody's talking to everybody. Everybody's doing the walk over to the other guy to greet him. It was weird to have Russell Westbrook and LeBron James at the same place. Those are all close quarters when you're at Summer League. And to not be talking. Like to not even, not even fake it. You know? One thing I'll say about that, Chris, let's just, let's just say, let's just say you, you, you're seeing a friend that you see all the time at work, right? And you had a big hello with them behind the scenes. Would you then say hello on the court if that hello, if that conversation happened 10 minutes prior? Or you don't like, buy that for a second. I don't, I don't either. I, I don't either. I'm just no. throwing that out there. That is that possible that that's what happened? I don't think so. They are, I think they arrived at different times at the arena and they just yeah, never said a word to each other. That's what I think happened. Yeah. But maybe you would just for the theater of it all. You don't of think course. that these guys... I mean, how, how many times do you see guys courtside like fake laughing about stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh we're at, we're, look how good of friends we are. Look how... A hundred percent. I mean, and that didn't happen. I, I think they don't like each other and that LeBron James wants Russ gone. Period. End of story. We already know he wants him gone. He wanted Kyrie Irving for him. In fact, it feels like there was a meeting and they say, okay, it hasn't worked like we wanted it to work. What could we do that would, if we're trying to come up with a list of things that we could do to ensure Russell Westbrook wants out of here, what would they be? Get Patrick Beverly as number it's one on the list. literally the number one thing <laughs> I would, if you asked me, it would be the number one thing. Or hire Skip Bayless as like some team consultant. Something yeah. like that, maybe. That'd be like yeah, that would be top, top five, top ten. Durant's in there somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> those are those are at the very top of the list. And so, come on. Like, it feels a little bit too coincidental. Now It, it, it feels inevitable that a trade's going to happen. It's just a matter of, a, of who and for what. I think I've come from a weird place standpoint on this because yes, Taylor Horton Tucker may turn out to be it, it, it could backfire. Maybe he turns out to be an outstanding player in the league and this is looked at as laughable. I, it is a win now move. There's no question about that. But I would endorse a win now move on that front. And the other thing is I know they've gotten some criticism rightfully so about committing to hate Taylor Horton Tucker and then foregoing other moves. You know, they they were going to hang on to Taylor Horton Tucker because, of, and they didn't get this guy because of that. They didn't get this guy. Kyle well, Lowry. Those are all things that are now in the past that you can't do anything about. And so, I'm, yeah, of course, it shows a level of mismanagement and reason that you wouldn't be so confident in how it's going. But just this on the surface, um, I think if I'm trying to win a title, if I'm trying to maximize my last few years of great LeBron, I think the Patrick Beverly types are even more valuable. Real role players, that understand roles and also get other guys that don't understand roles to understand roles are sometimes that could be more valuable than the more talented player. Like we, you, you, you probably saw that Draymond thing that's been going around where he's yelling at everybody at the, at the open run. Beverly had one too, where he, where he said like, you know, you're not all, you know, going to be Paul George or Pascal Siakam. There's two guys, yeah, right? You, you There's two figure, guys that can do whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. The other 13 better find a role. They're going to find their way out. Yep, 100%. And he's right, isn't he? I mean, Beverly, he's right. that's who he's always been. He's always been that guy on defense. On offense, he's not somebody who tries to go out and score, you know, 25 points. He shoots spot-up threes and he cuts to the basket. Even last year, they the, the Wolves had him screening for Anthony Edwards, sometimes for Carl Anthony Towns. Now that's going to be LeBron James. And it's going to be Anthony Davis here and there. You're going to see Beverly doing some of the stuff that Alex Caruso had done 
for the Lakers before he was traded. So Beverly does everything that Russ doesn't want to do, but he also can do some of the stuff that's missing after they lost Caruso. And that was that was vitally important for those Lakers teams. A dirty work guy who does all the little things for those, you know, guard forward screening matchups to create mismatches for LeBron. The Lakers add a lot with Beverly, and we saw little glimmers of it with Minnesota. That's going to work out a lot for LA. You're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish anyway unless LeBron and and AD are healthy. Yeah. And so, okay, and we talked about this. How do you build around them? It's role players. That's it. All you have to have is role players. You've got the two stars. Get the role players to surround them. That's why the Russ thing was stupid on its face. You know? That's not what you need. You just won a title with a bunch of role guys. You got Rondo and Caruso and Kuzma and KCP and this and that. And it's like you don't need you don't need other guys that need the ball because the ball is going to be in those two guys. Those two guys are going to decide everything the last five minutes of the game. You got those. There's a pecking order here. And so now um, I do think that this, you know, I do, I do think it's a good move. And I do think that sometimes just having somebody that really cares. That Laker team had a problem with caring last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't care. Didn't care. Well, what if there's a guy that every night he freaking cares that he lost? They did not care that they lost. I saw him walk out of arenas and just like, yeah, whatever. Like, wake us up when the playoffs get here. And then the playoffs did get there and they weren't involved in them. So so then now they have Beverly. He cares. LeBron cares. AD, you hope he's in the best shape that he can possibly be in. You know, they add Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown, Juan Toscano, Anderson. Kendrick, those, those, the two of those moves were, I mean, I, I don't get those. Kendrick Dunn might come back, you know. Just find guys that can shoot. I don't know what the hell their problem is, though. Do you think the Lakers, their their next move is to trade Russell Westbrook with unprotected in 27 and 29 to the Pacers to get Miles Turner and Buddy Heal. Is that the next move? Oh, I'd do that. Okay, so here's the one thing. I've heard the Pacers, they want to win. Like, they want to compete. Wouldn't it make sense that Indiana's not the team that receives Russell Westbrook? Wouldn't, yep. wouldn't it make more sense if, let's say, you know, Utah or Charlotte, a team like that, were receiving Russell Westbrook? Like, could could the Lakers and Pacers insert themselves into a Jazz-Knicks thing where the Knicks get Mitchell... The Jazz get Russell Westbrook. The Pacers get some quality parts from the Knicks, like a Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, in addition to other draft picks. Lakers get something like, because if they give up Russ, they could take on enough salary to get not only Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, but also Boyan Bogdanovich. Or they could get Evan Fournier. Or if they were to give up none, they could also get Julius Randle. So they could get a third piece in a deal by giving up Russ in the two first-round draft picks if they're inserted into a three-way deal or a four-way deal. You know, you can mix and match those teams. But does that make more sense to you? Maybe Boyan Bogdanovich with Turner and Heald? That, that, I just don't I think they're going to get that much for a Russ deal. Well, what if you're giving up two unprotected firsts, like Turner only has the one year left on his contract. Heald has two years left, and he's good, but he's not, he's not great. So I, I think... Those are high-value picks, man. Like 27 and 29, that's a long way away. Those are good picks to get in a deal that could be valuable for those They teams, do need so. more shooting. I just think three is more fair than two. I, I think if they were to get Bogdanovich in that, like that, there's, I don't know, I think that makes a lot more sense in terms of trade value, fairness. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. The other huge story that has broken over the course of the last 24 hours is unfortunately the Chet Holmgren story. Yeah, which sucks. Is, I mean, literally the worst. I was so excited to watch Chet Holmgren this year. We, we were over the moon about the Summer League stuff and just how fun it was. It's just so unique, so different, not what we're used to. Um, 
kind of a polarizing guy, you know, where there's there's people that think he's going to be a bum. There's people <laughs> that think he's going to be, you know, something that the NBA has never seen before. People and, who think he's going to get hurt all the time. Yeah. And so now he plays in this pro-am thing in Seattle. He's got a Liz Frank sprain, and he's going to be out for an entire season. And so we are robbed of his rookie season. They were gonna, for certain going to be a league pass favorite. And now, without the services of Chet Holmgren, and I know there's going to be some I told you so, so this guy who wasn't going to be able to hold up. Everybody knew with that kind of frame and whatever else. And so I think that's unfair because it's kind of a freaky thing. But I got to be honest, Kev. You and I talked about this leading into the draft. We even talked about it last year's draft. And I've expressed over and over again my level of concern of what is going on with these seven-footers. And that, yeah, sometimes you could just say, oh, well, that was a freak thing. But the freak thing seems to happen to these guys a lot because I don't know that their frames are meant for the current NBA the millions of AAU games they play before they even get to the NBA, and then the wear and tear and everything else that, like, that frame is built for it. So, and it's not because of this one with Chet. You just go through, Kev, and Chet, and then let's pray on Jabari. And that Jabari, you know, because he's kind of another one of these, and I'm talking about these, like, unicorn types, but even, like, the non-unicorns. You go through these like seven foot guys that have been drafted in the top 10, okay? You tell me, where's the beacon of health? James Wiseman. Four in one draft Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr. Which of those four you think's played the most games? Mm. Carter? It's Bamba. Bamba? Can you believe that? Now, he's played less minutes than his yeah, other ones. But more total games. Yeah, it would go Bamba, Jackson. I think Jackson's played one more than Wendell Carter. But it's like 204. It's like 50 wow. a year. And then and he's going to miss the first couple months of this season. And then Bagley is obviously last. Okay, so there's four more guys that, are, that would fit that. All in the top eight of a draft. Jonathan Isaac the year before. Zach Collins the year before. Porzingis, and then you can even just go to these other guys that are like seven, six, yeah. eleven, seven foot. Rob Williams, Jared Allen, Mitchell Robinson, even Ben Simmons, for that matter. You know, like yeah, he's big, he's tall, he is. A uh, Jaleel Okafor, Willie Cauley Stein. Like you go back through these drafts and look at these guys that are six eleven. You know, and now with the way the NBA's played now and run up and down the court. Oh, by the way. The God of all of those, like the Godfather of the crazy unicorn, is Anthony Davis. Mm. You know, I mean, of this new kind of guy, and his whole career's been marred. And, you know? and by the way, never mind. Like historically, you think about you know Kristaps Porzingis, Yao Ming, Ilgauskas, yeah. Ralph Sampson. I mean there's been so many Sam Bowie. No no kidding, so many tall players, right? Tall players in NBA history that have suffered injuries and never been able to stay durable. It's it's a it's a long endless list. But of I players. think now it's I think now because of the way the game's played because you guard somebody all the way out to the three-point line. I think it's even more harder. demand, right? More yeah. space to cover, right? You sprint. Yeah. These seven and, footers and you're moving sprint laterally all the time. more often, right? It's, yeah, it's, the seven it's, footers it's, used to be plotters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Play half court basketball, just kind of get down, you know. And like the ones that are plotters, like Pau Gasol, a very long, generally healthy career. You think about right now, Carl Towns, you know, kind of just makes his way up and down the court. He's not, you know. He's been very durable, generally. Um, but, I mean, we've just had so many of these. And Chet's now just, to me, just kind of falls in line with this, my God, man, I'm scared as hell of drafting the seven-footer. Yeah, 
they are awesome in many cases when they play. And you might get a full seat. Like, take for instance, as I just said, look, I cover one all the time. I, I love the kid. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Played 78 games in the playoffs last year. And then he got hurt in the offseason. He's out at the beginning of the year next year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that'll be four out of five years of his career where he's either been shut down or, you know, going to play. What did I say? He played, he played like 200 games in four seasons. And he's not, and he's one of the more durable of the ones I listed. Jonathan Isaac hasn't played basketball in two years. I don't even, I hope he comes back with like 300 pounds of the huge beard. He's got a book. No beard. No, what? no, what no. Book? Jonathan Isaac? He's a book? Hey, he came out with a book. I think it's called Why I Stand, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never, I haven't heard anything about it. it, was a, it was, I'd imagine it's not a New York Times bestseller. No, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> Is that they're no, not making a movie out of it. Well, they probably are. Is Ben Shapiro making a movie out of it? Yeah, the Brightbird bestseller list. <laughs> the Daily Wire. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Daily Wire movie. Yeah, it's that, it made that bestseller. Not New York Times, not oh. uh, MSNBC, nothing oh. like that. But, um, oh. <laughs> but um, you know, <laughs> with, with Ch- <laughs> Chad Holmgren, uh, he, um, this sucks, dude. The the worst. Worst. It, it just sucks. Like, I was just so excited to watch this team this year. With, like, the Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren chemistry. Then you insert SGA into that. Now we're not going to see that. Here's my, my thought. I had this last night. I'm laying in bed thinking about the Thunder. Part of me is like, obviously, this sucks for them. Part of me is like, now they're going to suck even more. I got so much of this, Kev. As soon as I put the put up the tweet this morning about how awful I thought this was, so much of it, and it just goes to show you what people think of them now. People are like, ah, oh, they don't care about sucking anyway. They're 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 gonna tank for Wimbayama. They wanted to compete. Like I, I I legitimately think the Thunder wanted to go into this season and try to fight for a playing spot. Doesn't mean they would make it. I wouldn't pick them to make it, but they wanted to compete with this team. And they have so many draft picks. You know, they can move wherever they want in the draft. But now. In this year's draft class, there's obviously Victor Wembenyama, the headliner of it. He could have his own injury concerns of his own. He's mega tall. He's had injury concerns. He ended his year with a muscular injury. He's had lower body body injuries in the past already. For the Thunder, though, Wembenyama is like truly like he like on paper, this dude could be a mega star, an MVP, a Hall of Famer. That's his upside. So for the Thunder. Chet's going to miss the whole year. Maybe it's for the best long term. I mean, you know, like it's it's not like other guys haven't missed time early in their careers. There's There could be a silver lining here for the Thunder if they do end up getting higher draft odds on top of all the other draft capital that they have. This could be a timeline that leads to a Wembenyama result for them or a trade that lands them on Wembenyama if the top team doesn't believe in him as somebody long-term, which is the other question here. And this is why I don't say, this is why I'm not totally 100% certain he's locked in as number one. I think he's going to be number one. But there's going to be a team out there that's going to say, yeah, I don't know. I don't trust him long-term with his injury history, his body type. These guys don't last a long time. We're seeing Scooter that with Henderson. Right? Uh, there's, a, there's other good prospects The Thompson year. Twins. The Thompson Twins. There's yeah. some good college prospects that are in Arkansas. Like, there's some good players in the class. So it's just something on my mind about, you know, the crown jewel of the 2023 class and Wembenyama too. One of the other things that was brought up to me a lot as soon as this news came out was who gets SGA? Oh, like if they were to trade him. If they are going your route, Look, they are masters of being terrible, so they well, can do they, that again. They don't need to trade SGA to suck, though. <laughs> yeah, but well, they, they usually just it shut him down. They just shut people down. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they had to shut down Poku when he was going off. For it. Remember that game? They were like, all right, you're scoring too much. Go oh, to the bench. Oh, Poku must be really excited right now. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, no tall, lanky yeah, white po- guy to compete for attention. Poku with. was probably uh, poking a Chet Holmgren voodoo doll at home. Yeah. <laughs> During that pro-am, you're going to find the video of Boku like, stabbing a freaking voodoo doll in the ankle. 
take my job, you son of a bitch. <laughs> People call me fake Chet no more. You know? <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't joke about it. It's a terrible uh, thing to no, it's, it's but, We can joke about it. It's funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, Fogel's going to be playing 48 minutes a game. Um, <laughs> yeah. The SGA thing is real. Yeah, it is. If you are, if you're going to say, you know what, we're not going to compete. We're not going to compete this year. But it seems like they did invest in some guys, you know. They paid Lou Dort that contract. They got some guys. They Giddies, I got think, some talent. Uh, but it, yeah, and they were going to be fun to watch. And like I thought, competitive. Jalen Williams, he was really good in summer league. He seems oh. like he'll be a good rookie. Oh, really good. Well, the one Jalen Williams, not the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Arkansas one was meh. But yeah, the, the Santa the first, Clara one was yeah. awesome. The first round pick, Jalen Williams. Oh my God, that guy. Yeah. I was in love. I love his hair, too. Yeah. He just looks cool. He plays cool. I'm a Jalen Williams fan. Yeah, me, too. Big time. Yeah. Big time. I like him. Trey Mann, you know, got had some great games last year, too. A lot of, lot of young talent. Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Kenrich Williams. Like, they got so much talent. I might have told you this, but there there was more than, more than one player that mentioned Jalen Williams to me. Um... But then specifically, as I, I think I told you before, David Roddy, who was the first-round draft pick for Memphis, when I asked him who the best player he played against in college, that's who he said. Jalen yeah. Williams at Santa Clara. Um, they got like they, they got some fun young players, for sure. But Chet was the centerpiece. Yep, Chet it was, was the, the Chet Giddy thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be the Giddy Poku thing. Nah, I mean, it's still SGA. SGA is still in there. No, it's Poku's team now. Come on. You're right, Chris. This this actually is Alexei Pokushevsky's team. <laughs> he, it's the way he commands the ball and can run an offense and make behind-the-back passes and an occasional <laughs> to, high, to, highlight to, reel. To, to, to anywhere. No. Just behind-the-back pass where it passes to yeah. literally yeah. anything. Yeah. To just be air. It might be Chet on the sidelines. It's going, yeah. But it's going to be, gonna be behind the back. Yeah, I'm, I, I need to set up some alerts on my phone to tell me when Poku's in the game, just so I can open up League Pass. And I, you know, look, I like Paulo. You know, I think that somebody asked us a couple weeks ago about watching guys on TV. I, I, I had, I had, I had that OKC team. Like, I, I, I said, out of my way, beyond our beloved. Uh, Detroit Pistons, you know. I mean, Oklahoma City was right there at the top. Oh yeah, they, they're more it, just because he's so intriguing. I loved Jabari, and obviously they got the Jabari and, and Jalen thing going in Houston. But when we were talk, we were going through like, all right, the teams that were not good last year, and, but now virtually all of them have given a, us a reason to tune them in. They were like at the top of my list of the tune ins. Like, I got to see this. Just wanted to watch Chet Holmgren play in the NBA because I really did not have any idea what was going to happen with it. I didn't have a great feel as to what his rookie season is going to look like. And I could see it go, like, I think, as we talked about, even in the draft, I thought his extremes were greater. You know? But I, I I think on the good and the bad, I think it's extremely bad. Like, there was no chance when I was talking about the guys that won't suck. Like, Paolo is Paolo. He's, he's uh, barring injury, the guy's, he's a decade-plus career, no matter. He is what he is, you know? And do I think he could turn out to be one of the best players in the league? For sure. But I also know he's never going to be bad. No. You know? And I don't think Chet's going to be bad, but I, again, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and, and, or I don't know if he could just be an injury issue because he's got the weird ass frame, but just sucks. I really want it to blows. It. it really blows. And I mean, I, I, I think, I think with Chet and OKC, like they're still going to have some fun talent to watch, but like that giddy Chet pairing was just so much more fun than just giddy. Playmaking, um, yeah, it sucks. Well, I mean, hopefully, 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 Paolo Bancaro and, and Jabari Smith and Ivy and all of these guys. Hopefully, they stay healthy as rookies. 
Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app, and they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. Do you think the NBA should have more young teams on national TV to make like an early investment in developing, you know, hardcore fans. Like, like for Houston, Jalen Green, Jalen Green's a fun player to watch. The Rockets have one national TV game. Like, I just feel like Jalen Green, uh, you know, with the hair, the style, the explosiveness, the shot making ability to me, why not put the Rockets and Pistons on national TV more than once each, you know, Kate Cunningham, like there's going to be, I fun. think you make your way though. You got to win. You think so? But, but like, I'm talking from like the NBA standpoint, the long-term investment, like do people really want to watch, I don't know, like the teams that they know already, like the Hawks or, uh, you know, the heats or, you know, Memphis for that matter. Like, like if Memphis has what, 18, 19 national TV games, but they didn't be- have, but they have it until this year. I know, I know, I know. But like, should it, should it have been higher in past years and should it be like 15 instead of 18 this year is what I'm saying. I have a tough time with this just because I understand it's it's a business. It's a business and, and it's about getting people to tune and in. And you're trying to get people, yeah. It Like, I don't think that you're using TV to say, hey, now be interested in this. I think you get on TV as merit. Like, so you have proven to be interesting. And so, look, it's a business. They got to sell ads. They got, the people got to tune in. And I don't think nearly as even, you know, you've either got to have a big market or you've got to have a reason, like interesting players, right? That people want to tune in for. Isn't all content being presented to you of like, hey, this is what's interesting? Like every TV show that's released, everything they talk about on the news, it's it's feeding the consumer to say, hey, this is what we think you'll find interesting. Like, why wouldn't the NBA think people would find Jalen Green catching lobs and, you know... No, but that's not true. I think you have to... No, I don't think that's true. I don't think all content is like that. I, I think that you you can get that opportunity, but then you have to prove to be interesting to people meaning people tune into you or people watch you or whatever it may be. You know, there's been a lot of, I I suppose that, you know, once upon a time, ESPN uh, threw an unknown Colin Cowherd on the radio. Well, they could say, hey, this guy is interesting to you. But truth be told, if he's not interesting to people, then people are just going to tune out, right? Now, he became one of the most successful radio people ever, but... He so they put him on, but he has to be like good. He has to you know be entertaining, or else they. they so he wasn't interesting just because they told you he was interesting, right? And so I think that these, I think that you can become virally interesting. I think that you know a lot of times it's power to the people on this. You know, if Jalen Green becomes the most viral athlete and everybody talk about Jalen Green and Jalen Green's hot in the streets and the kids are loving Jalen Green, guess what? They're going to put him on TV just like they did John Morant. So you're right. The NBA this year, they're having their NBA Rivals Week where it's like five, six days in January where they have a bunch of nationally, you know, games. I mean, TNT, ESPN, ABC, all that, right? And it's like... Celtics Heat, you know, Grizz, Grizz Wolves, uh, Embiid versus Jokic, Nets Knicks, the, the weekends with Lakers Celtics, Grizzlies Warriors play, Suns Mavs rematch. Like, it's a lot of great matchups, and it's packaged together as NBA Rivals Week. I like the idea. I think it's cool how they're doing that. But couldn't you also do that for, like, Rising Stars Week and have some of those games be aired nationally? Of, like, hey, here are the, here's who's next. Uh, this is the week where we feature 
you know, the Jalen Greens of the world or even like, you know, the, Ch- the Josh Giddies of the world. Like to me, like if you're going to do rivals week, why not have rising stars week? And I mean, they do it at the all-star game. Yeah. I mean, the all-star game is the all-star game though. That's not the all-star game is, is a joke. It's an exhibition. Like people like competition and, and watching players actually compete for victory. Let me uh, tell you something know. though, Kev. If, if people found it interesting, they would put it on TV. Yeah. Maybe. They put Zion's ass on TV, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And then he was hurt all the time, though, right. unfortunately. Yeah. But they I, and did you're, it. And you're right. Yeah, they did it. They and, knew. And they try it. But in, they and, knew and, and, and they got screwed. And, he, and they got screwed because he missed all those games. That's right. But had he played, I don't I mean, think any of these guys are big enough, the young guys right now. You might be right. And, and I don't like think that, any of them are big enough to, they don't like. But are they not big enough because they're not featuring them? Or is it because those teams just aren't good yet? And people yeah, don't care about the teams that aren't good. But, yeah. but why, why not have Rising Stars Week like in the middle of November, early in the year? Who cares about record? It's about featuring some of these guys for the fans that are actually going to tune in. Like, hey, you're on ESPN tonight, right? Like Monday Night Football just got over. Here's the late night West Coast game. 10.30 p.m. after Monday Night Football, it's Rockets Kings, right? Like Rising Stars Week, you're watching Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr., De'Aaron Fox, DeMonta Sabonis, these players that you're never, ever going to, you know, tune in for necessarily, but it's post-Monday Night Football, you left your TV on, and that's the game on. Like, to me, there's, these guys w- would be more popular and would be more well-known, and they'd be more household names if they were actually... On TV, but I like there's only so many slots. Have you seen there's, that? There's whole only house, so many you, slots. You saw the whole household name thing that was going around. Oh, yeah. Dragonfly yeah. Jones put together yep. that it became a thing where people were asking, <laughs> you know, people in their lives, whether it was like their, their girlfriends or their wives or a friend they had that is not a sports guy and saying, like, who named five NBA players. My son and I did it to my wife this morning. Oh, who, 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 what'd she say? Well, she, she named four Grizzlies and Steph Curry. So that oh, doesn't count. That, yeah, that but, doesn't count okay, at all. No. And I said, <laughs> I said, give me four others. Non-Grizzlies. Yeah. So I'll, I said, I'll let you have Curry. Now give me name. Just give me four other NBA players. Mm. I, I mean, let me tell you something. In a billion years, we would have never guessed. We would have guessed one of them. Yeah. And then in a billion years, we would never have guessed the others. Who who were they? Feed LeBron, of course. LeBron, okay, yep, yep. I would have said, if we, if me and my son were guessing who she would respond, we would have said Giannis. He's got, you know, I mean, like, Giannis has been famous. He's got a, a shirt that he wears that says Freak across yeah. it. You know, he's got one of those Nike Freak shirts. He's had Giannis shoes. Um, Giannis has been a name and like, I mean, she's, she knows who that is for sure. Um, maybe Durant, honestly, Kyrie was a possibility simply mm. because of shoes. Um, you know, so we listed some others that, cause my, my wife does not care about the NBA. Like, I, I mean, she, she does she likes basketball, but she doesn't keep up. Like that's not her thing. She don't care. So she was actually a good one to figure out like household names. Curry and LeBron, for sure. It was on her list. It's one of the first five people she would name. The other three, I was absolutely stunned by. Not When it was not Grizzlies. She could name probably most of the Grizzlies. Chris Paul. Wow. And I didn't know if it was because of the State Farm stuff. <laughs> it was. Obviously, he's played, you know, for many, many years. And he's a famous guy. Um... But I was, I think it's about the commercials more so with him, honestly, than the basketball, I think. Um, and then the other two, Kevin, I'm telling you, there's no amount of money in the world I wouldn't have bet that these names would not be on there. Who we got? James Harden. Okay. And I Love said, it. I said, because of the beard? What? She goes, I don't know. I don't know why I said James Love Harden. Love it. James Harden. And then, you know what the other one was? You were going to be stunned. Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, okay. Yes! And I said, what? I said, how do you know Nikola Jokic? He won two MVPs. Uh, That was not her answer. (laughs) (laughs) It was William, my son. Uh And I was like, 
so I, we're on the way. I was driving him to school this morning. I said, how would she know Nikola Jokic? I said, do you have like one of those little like, th- so they have these things that, the, that you can get at like Walgreens called Squeezy Mates. And it's like a mystery thing and you can open it up and there's like a player in there. It's almost like a little plushy, you know, character player. And sometimes they can be keychains. So he had these keychains on his book bag or whatever else. Anyway, I said, do you have like a Jokic Squeezy Mate or something that she would have seen? And he was like, no. And he's like, oh, I know what it is. The jersey. He does have a Jokic jersey. Oh, so she's remembering the name. he said she saw it in the laundry. Uh, He's like, she was probably doing my laundry and saw it. I was like, yeah, but she knows his first name too. And he's like, I don't know, dude. Nikola Jokic. She spelled it with a Y too, which is hilarious because she'd seen the jersey. (laughs) She did Jokic with a Y. But those were the five. Nikola Jokic, Chris Paul, James Harden, Steph Curry and LeBron. And we did this survey with uh, a couple of guys I work with daily. Um, they either texted their girlfriends or moms or whoever they wanted to um, that they know don't like live basketball, keep up with it every day. <laughs> the only two that were on everybody's list were Steph and LeBron. Yeah. So I think we overstate who's a household name anyway. Not really. They are to us. We live in this bubble. The, the bar, the bar, but the is ones high. outside of, yeah. you know, just people that like it'd, it'd be the same thing if she asked me to name five people on the Kardashians. I couldn't. I mean, I had no chance. You know, Courtney, Chloe, Kendall. Or five people. How about this? Five people on Game of Thrones. I'm probably the only person you know that hasn't watched. So you've never watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, I watched it until uh, there was like uh, when it maybe. It had been out for a couple of years and I loved the beginning of it. I watched for, I remember, I remember vividly one night I'm watching it and there was like this, it was like this thing that came out of this lady's vagina or something. I was like, this is goofier and shit. I turned it off and I never like turned it back on. And everybody's like, you should have made it through there. It's like this smoke came out of her like vagina or something. I was like, what the hell is going on? This ain't for me. I forget the uh, the name of that character. Smoke I don't remember. monster or something. Uh, no, nah, that was Lost. Lost was the smoke monster. Uh, I, I guess that might have been a. You know what I'm talking about? It's, it, it, it's yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah, I remember. The, the redhead in that show. I forget I the name. Remember. She was like some I don't know spooky. You know. Yeah, I didn't wit, know what was witchy. going on. Then I was I like, know. you know what? It's late. I'm like, this is stupid. She was I'm like actually an old lady or something like that, kind of hiding between the the skin yeah, of like a young maybe person, so. something like that. I don't know. I, I, I forget. Should, I, <laughs> I forget. I'm gonna watch it one day, Chris. You gotta watch it someday. I know. You I have am. to. It's it's an enjoyable ride. I know people talk about oh the ending didn't live up to the hype, but the but the journey was amazing. It was an incredible experience. At one point in my life, that's all I'd say. I did watch all the way up to that point in that first season. Or maybe it's the second. I, I think it's the first season. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me try to find this. I and think, I stopped. Well, I mean, I just I just did a quick search. It sounds like that was season six. No, 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 no. Are you this sure, This is in Chris? the first season. Yes. Really? Was that, yeah. was that season one, the, uh, the scene you're referring to here? It would have been six or seven episodes in. This thing hmm. like comes out of maybe a dragon or something. I don't even remember what the hell it was. Hmm. Something weird happened. And I remember being like, what the hell? This is stupid. I don't know. Maybe I was just in a bad mood that night. I just didn't turn it back on after that. It's season like, two. Season two it was. That, oh, that's it was? when that happened. Okay, so that was early on. Yeah. In the okay, series. so I guess I made yeah. it to then. Really? That's all? That's as far as you made it? That's disappointing, Chris. <laughs> you, you, you gotta, I, but but you know, know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I respect you for having the discipline to cutting off a show that you let, you don't oh, want no, no, to continue. No, no, no. Some people pal- have to I, finish a show. Like, you just no, said, no, no. I'm done. I'm, well, no. Here's the thing. I'm all or nothing, bro. So once I stopped, Getting me to pick that back up. I got 700,000 half-read books in my house. <laughs> I just never pick them back up. I'm like, I got bored that night. And I'm like, all right, done. You get, you get what you want back out up. of it. Well, yeah, I mean, that happens. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll, ju- I'll, just, I'll just stop it. 
And also, there's so much content. Yeah, right. Like, there's I, oh, so I'm, many options. Yeah, I got what, severe what, ADHD. What, which is, which is <laughs> why, mean. like, what, what, even with our listeners, you know, it's like we highly, like, super appreciate the people who stick with us and enjoy our show because there's a lot of options for podcasts or music or or audiobooks. There's a lot of content out there. Eh, but I mean, there's really not that many NBA ones that could yeah. compete with us. I mean, come on. <laughs> Most of them are boring or nil. I've got them. But trust me, I listen to them. They're boring. Yeah, there are some boring I listen pods. to them when I go to sleep. Really? When yeah, you go to sleep. to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Unintentionally. So you're not putting them on. No, no, intentionally. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah? Really? I turn it on in the background. So, so, do you, so you're somebody, when you go to sleep at night, you have something on TV? I do. A pod, really? I do. Yep. I can't fall asleep. Because I was a TV sleeper when I was a kid. Okay. Is your wife doing me? I had a... I had a sleep timer on my TV in my room. So your wife's cool with that. You know, you yeah, have, sure. you know. Oh, I put in an AirPod. Oh, okay. So you sleep with those no, in your ears. God, no. She's a seven fans chick. So you must like sleep on your back then. If you're having AirPods in your ears. Those, no, no, those no. It's on the side. On your I side. only use one. Oh, okay. I use one. And then I have to find the damn thing in the morning. It's somewhere in the covers. Oh, it always falls Because it's falling head. off. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Otherwise, I think too much. Okay. That's the problem. I have to have something that I that's taking my attention. Oh. Because otherwise, I'm just going to worry myself sick. I, I'll just think about everything I've got to do the next day, about when I need to do this, when I need to do that. I just, I, I think, and I can't fall asleep. Is that such a bad thing, though? Planning your night out? Sometimes I like doing that when I'm laying in bed at night. Okay, so here's going to structure my day tomorrow. I got to wake up at 10. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying I can't now. fall asleep because of it. Okay, yeah. So I need something else to focus on. Not focus, just something that's like, I don't know, taking over that part of my brain. I don't I don't understand it. I don't know. I'm old yeah, now. It's what, what works matter? for you, right? Everybody yeah, has their own, you know, routine. Some people <laughs> me- meditate at night, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. We do want to mention everybody. We put out the mailbag uh, APB on Tuesday. And because the Beverly thing came down, the Chet thing came out, we knew we we're going to have things that we're going to discuss. We're holding off on the mailbag questions until Tuesday. So you still got time to get those in. If you want to get some mailbag questions in, give them that email and we'll put out something on Twitter and you can put your question up there too. But what's the email address of people uh, more comfortable emailing? NBA mailbag at gmail.com. Email us there. We'll check that out, pick out some of the best questions next Tuesday, or we'll do that co-tweet thing, Chris, again, uh, where people can quote tweet that or reply to that with their questions. And next Tuesday, we'll definitely do the mailbag unless we get a whole bunch of other news that occupies the entire show again. (laughs) Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend. 